The Kings lose their second straight and their first game on this road trip to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 117-110 in a game where just shooting was the difference. The Kings were ice cold from three-point land, and the Timberwolves, for much of this game, could not miss. And the Timberwolves were led by D'Angelo Russell from deep, who made seven of nine three-pointers, and he made his first seven three-pointers. He could not miss from three. And that seems to be a trend whenever the Kings play against D'Angelo Russell, whether it's been when he's on Minnesota or in Brooklyn. doesn't really matter. He can never seem to miss against the Kings. This was just a game for the Kings where guys couldn't knock down pretty open shots. Harrison Barnes struggled from deep, one for four. Keegan Murray went two for six. Uh, Herter went two for seven. Fox, one for seven. And Malik Monk went three for four from deep, which was good to see. And he actually had an efficient offensive game. But nobody else on the bench hit a three. And that's one of the places where I want to start in this game is the bench. Because I feel like our bench offense has fallen off pretty significantly. And a lot of that is due to Malik Monk struggling for a bit. Which, as I said, he didn't in this game. He didn't struggle. But he also didn't have some amazing offensive game. Every time I see him hit a three, I immediately am like, oh, this is... This is the time. This is the Malik Monk game. And, you know, he was fine in this game. But I want to see him go for 30 again. But he was just right around his season average at 13. But the rest of the bench just struggled to score. Kaziak Paula got minutes early to guard Anthony Edwards. And then he had a pretty open corner three. And I think it went off the side of the backboard, and immediately he got pulled. And that's disappointing, really, for him. He has been pretty disappointing these last few weeks. Ever since I gave him a, you know, a kind of a nice review, a 7 out of 10 in my midseason grades, he has been pretty bad. Because to be a rotation player, uh, Really, he needs to be able to hit open corner threes. I know the Kings are not planning to sign P.J. Dozier after his second 10-day uh, expires. And they are planning to bring up, I believe his name is Deontay Burton from Stockton. And Burton is shooting 45% from three in the G League this season. So I think that shows you what the front office and coaching staff thinks that this team needs, and it's shooting off the bench. And for the second straight game, the scoring overall was pretty bad. After having their worst uh, offensive output of the season in the last game against the Raptors, you know they followed up with another game that's pretty poor to make it a two-game losing streak. And you know I'm not too worried about this game because... At the end of the day, it's just the Kings didn't hit shots, and the Timberwolves were hitting way more shots than they usually do, right? And so that will probably correct, right, in this next game. But I really, I just want to see a response in the next game because we are playing the Timberwolves again. 
and you, you can't lose two in a row, really, to a team that you're going to be contending with for playoff spots and, and positioning in the standings because with this win for the Timberwolves, they now have the same amount of wins as us. They also have four more losses, so you know not that close, but still closing in on us. I thought the paint defense in this game was better you know better better kind of better but also some of that has to do with the Timberwolves just taking and making a lot of outside shots but they they did take a while to even score their first points in the paint and the Timberwolves were just making a lot of tough shots Anthony Edwards in that third quarter scored I don't know how many it was I know it was at least 16 and a lot of it was tough three-pointers tough mid-range shots and then in the fourth quarter he kind of continued and it was a four-point game near the end you know the Kings fought back with Fox fourth quarter Fox again but it wasn't enough because he just hits a contested pull-up three to ice the game so it really was just elite shot making from the Timberwolves. A lot of these were tough shots that Anthony Edwards mostly, but also D'Angelo Russell were, were hitting. De'Aaron Fox was struggling a lot throughout the game. And again, he took seven three-pointers, which I hate. I don't know why he's doing it. And the only one that he made was kind of a, a desperation shot in the last minute or so where he hit it, and so he brought them back into the game, actually. But that's the type of thing. That's not a consistent shot. It's not. So he went 0 for 6 on all other, like, more consistent threes that he's taking. That's just a three he's taking because of the point in the game that they're at. But you could see he was frustrated throughout a lot of the game. But then he did turn it up in the fourth quarter. And so I would rather him always turn it up in the fourth quarter you know, I would rather him have 29 points and six assists like he had tonight where a lot of it is coming in the fourth quarter rather than evenly throughout the game because at the end of the day, the fourth quarter is the most important quarter. Not all points are created equal. A point in the first quarter is just not the same as a point in the fourth quarter. That's just not how it works in the NBA. That's not a realistic way of looking at it because I know some people criticize him for not being there the entire game, which people think would be better for the team. But in reality, I think if the rest of the team just hits some shots and allows him to do what he did in the fourth quarter, but with the game closer, then, then we'd win the game. Sabonis was solid, and at least he had less turnovers in this game, and one of them was a questionable offensive foul. But he was a lot better than last game. Uh, only five assists just because guys weren't really knocking down shots, but he was being aggressive inside somewhat. Still only 13 shot attempts, uh, eight free throws. He can, he can get more shot attempts, but that's just not who he is. But he had 23 points, 10 rebounds, and Gobert for a lot of the possessions just was not strong enough to contain Sabonis. And kind of what I said coming into this game was Gobert, I mean, Sabonis is better going against the bigger centers because Gobert's, you know, tall and maybe I mean taller centers, but he's not stronger than Sabonis. But 
I think Sabonis struggles against the kind of smaller, scrappier centers almost, but he Sabonis knows how to deal with the bigger guys with his post moves and fundamentals inside. And so he was solid offensively in this game. But what the Kings struggled to do was defend and transition. I think that's one of the weakest parts of this team is their transition defense. And I think they also struggle on the flip side of transition offense. Uh, they like, you know, they play fast. And when it works, it works really well. And what I mean by that is they take a lot of transition threes, which is just, again, when it works, it works. And that's why this offense can be so great. But when it doesn't, it really doesn't. And I would like them on some of these to attack the rim more. I think some of the transition three-point attempts, mostly from uh, Malik Monk and Trey Lyles, I I really don't like the shot attempts. I, I think they need to attack the rim more. And, you know, like I said, when it works, it works. And it did work for a part of this game where they hit a few transition threes in a row and took the lead in the second quarter. And they had the lead going into halftime. But I just think when I watch games and I watch the Kings get killed in transition because the other team is attacking the hoop and they can't defend it, I just think, why don't the Kings just do the same? Because they have the ability to. I think it comes down a lot to them trying to hit knockout blows and kind of have that massive flurry offensively, which, again, a lot of times it does come and then they win the game. But I think they can also, you know, like Mike Brown says, trying to hit singles instead of home runs. And I think they can still win and maybe do it more consistently if in some of these situations where I feel like they grind the game all the way back by attacking the rim. Harrison Barnes did a great job in this game of attacking the rim, getting 11 free throw attempts. And they attacked the rim to kind of close the gap again because they went down double digits a lot in this game and then would kind of bring it back. But they couldn't extend that lead because they would go for the knockout blow instead of just continuing to do what they did before, which was attack the rim. I also think defensively, the Kings struggle. Well, they give up offensive rebounds, but they're really bad at after the offensive rebound defending. And not I don't just mean like the guy gets the offensive rebound and puts it back up. I mean more when it gets reset. They struggle to like find a man. And a lot of times that results in wide open shots. And I don't know, maybe that's a thing that the whole league struggles with, but I think sometimes it it's just a lack of urgency and like scrambling defensively. Sometimes you need to scramble in those situations and they're not really doing that. And then I think the Kings struggled to control or to contain Nas Reed, who only played 13 minutes in this game, but scored 14 points and he always kills the Kings. He's just that type of player, kind of like Montrez Harrell those smaller centers that are just really scrappy and just always go into the rim. And there was too many times where the Kings would give him too much space. And that would mean that means he can get a full head of steam going at the rim. And he was scoring in 
a lot of different ways. Both layups, floaters. I think he hit a three. So yeah, a classic Nas Reed against the Kings game, just like D'Angelo Russell. Those are just two guys that, for some reason, the Kings always struggle with. And then my last criticism of the Kings is kind of a weirder one. And it's something that I've been noticing this whole season. And it's that they can't win jump balls, it seems like. And it's not because Sabonis doesn't, you know, tap it. It's He wins it his direction a lot of times. But then there's always a, an opposing player standing on our side who just grabs it every time. And I really don't get it. Because if the other team wins it, they just tap it back and grab it. But if we tap it back, the other team still grabs it. We can't win. I don't understand what's happening there. It's just a very odd and most of the time insignificant little thing. But I just find it so weird that no matter which way the ball goes, most of the time we can't win the jump ball. Or if we do, it's because it gets like batted around and then we somehow come up with it. I've never seen a team struggle with that as much as this Kings team does. It's really, really weird. I just really want to see a response from the Kings in the next game. This loss is not that big of a deal as long as we get the response in the next game. You, you can't lose two in a row to a conference rival who's competing with you in the standings. And so hopefully the Kings come out with a lot of fight and really start the next game the right way. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Rural Report. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore The Rural Report, and I will see you guys next time to recap the second game against the Timberwolves. Peace.